This is an RNZ podcast. This past week, normal programming resumed on RNZ National, and that's the reason we're back on air now, along with the likes of Morning Report, Nights, Checkpoint, and Nine to Noon. And that means that Catherine Ryan is talking to political pundits from the left and the right every Monday again. And on Monday, the man who leans to the left, Neil Jones, told Catherine that the government has three big challenges this year. COVID-19, obviously, climate change, having talked it up but done little about it so far, and housing. The, the risk you face with housing is people say, well, is that it with anything you announce? Because it, you know, it, it's such a big problem. And sure enough, the tweaks of policy and modest state housing targets announced in Nelson this week were not exactly hailed by the media as any kind of solution to the housing crisis. Indeed, Newstalk ZB's political editor Barry Soper told ZB listeners there's not much the government can actually do. Any government that says it can cure and control a market like the housing market where individual people uh, put their money into, they've got to be joking. And the spiralling cost of houses almost everywhere and the inequality that's growing every day between those who have houses and those who have not has been a rich vein of stories for the media. But who do they think is reading, watching and listening to those stories? Hayden Donnell takes a look. New data out today shows asking prices for houses have doubled in some areas in the past 10 years. It's not just Auckland seeing enormous growth. The regions are red hot too. Madison Reedy joins us now. Madison, where are we seeing the biggest increases? If you're a homeowner in the Bay of Plenty, get out the champagne. Asking prices in Kauro have surged 132% in the past decade. It tops the list as the spot with the biggest capital gain. That was News Hub reporter Madison Reedy introduced a story about record house price rises in the Bay of Plenty on January 19. The story went on to list other places, including the central Hawke's Bay and Hamilton, where house prices have more than doubled over the last 10 years. It's true, those numbers will definitely have homeowners and particularly property investors breaking out the bubbly. But News Hub could equally have urged aspiring first home buyers who have watched prices rise faster than they can save to break out the Elliott Smith soundtrack and strong liquor. Renters could have been advised to crack open an on-discount Ranfurly draft to console themselves over the fact they'll soon be paying even more of their paychecks to their landlords as home ownership stretches further and further out of reach. But News Hub wasn't alone in centering its story's intro on the concerns of existing property owners. Stuff recently began an article on Gisborne's house prices going up 31% in one year like this. If you want big capital gains, Gisborne is the place to be right now. And this is how One News framed a story on rents going down in Queenstown during its surprise COVID-induced housing supply boom last year. The cost of renting has dropped in much of the South Island in the wake of COVID-19. It's been felt most noticeably in Queenstown, where an oversupply of properties is seeing landlords slash prices. And as Jared McCulloch explains, the situation could still get worse. Worse for who? Landlords, sure, but if rent reductions are an example of a situation getting worse, then the one in three New Zealanders living in rental accommodation will be praying for more bad news. More recently, a One News story on an increase in the number of homeowners choosing to sell privately assumed that viewers could be weighing up getting in on the action themselves. As the housing market continues to heat up, more people are turning to private sales. Selling or buying a house privately could mean more money in your back pocket but it's not as easy as you might think. It's not always just who news organisations address their stories to, though, but the stories they choose to tell. 
This New Hub article from Diana Vesic honed in on a tranche of new housing being built in the West Auckland suburb of Teatatu. Instead of extolling the benefits of dense new housing close to the city, it focused on existing homeowners who had these sorts of concerns. Auckland Council came up with the new zones in 2010. A decade later, residents are seeing it all with their own eyes and in many cases, straight over their fence. We've got five being built here, right on our backyard. Used to be able to see the water and the horses over on the peninsula and you can't see any of that now. Straight over the road, another nine going to be built. Yes, definitely feeling invaded. While it's sad one woman will no longer be able to gaze at horse-filled fields in a suburb 15 minutes away from Auckland city centre, that problem is arguably dwarfed by the benefits of building hundreds of new homes during a housing emergency. News Hub's story didn't spend any time covering those who might get a foothold on the property market or find an affordable place to rent thanks to the new developments. Maybe that's partly because the majority of New Zealanders still live in owner-occupied houses. But another factor could be at play. During the Black Lives Matter protests in the US last year, when newsrooms were asked to confront their records on race, the reporter Wesley Lowry wrote an op-ed for the New York Times where he accused media organisations of defaulting to a vision of a white, affluent person when they imagine their audience. He wrote... Conversations about objectivity rather than happening in a virtuous vacuum habitually focus on predicting whether a given sentence, opening paragraph or entire article will appear objective to a theoretical reader who is invariably assumed to be white. Lowry was writing on race, but his broader accusation was that media organisations, whether consciously or not, tend to default to the voices of the privileged. That's not universal. In New Zealand, reporters, including those on News Hub, Stuff and TVNZ, have by and large done a decent job of covering the victims of the housing crisis as well. In a recent feature for the spin-off, Alex Bray looked at the downsides of the bubbly-busting house price surge in the Bay of Plenty, particularly the town of Kawado. He found residents living in substandard, overcrowded accommodation, struggling to pay their double-digit rent rises. Home ownership wasn't even on the horizon. And it's worth noting that Madison Reedy followed up her January 19 article with another focus squarely on the concerns of first-home buyers. It began like this. Well, if you're trying to break into the country's overheated housing market, you might be out of luck this year. Economists are predicting prices will rise even more in 2021 compared to last year. Madison Reedy is here with the numbers. Madison. Westpac economists are forecasting a huge 15% increase in national house prices this year. Despite these examples, it's telling that when media organisations address their audience directly, they often gravitate to the perspective of property owners. For every intro barely containing its excitement over record house price rises, there are thousands of families who give up on home ownership or stare down the barrel of a lifetime of ever-rising rents. Newsmakers could stand to ask a question more often before going to air. Whose voice is being amplified here? And conversely, whose voice is going unheard?